Hello, everybody. Welcome to UJSports.com. My name is Roddy Nabolsi. I am your host today. I'm joined by former Georgia Bulldogs head coach Jim Donnan, the man you were all tuned in to see, the man who we're going to pepper with questions for the next hour or so. So in order to do that, I need you to add in your questions in the comments section. So uh, go ahead and drop in your questions for Coach Donnan. I don't have that many. So today is a great day for you to be able to pop your name uh, up on the screen there and get your questions answered by Coach Donnan. Uh, be sure to do that. Let me let our folks know that uh, we are live. Uh, please share this with your friends. It would mean a lot to us. Uh, it means a lot to our sponsors. It means a lot to me personally. And uh, I, we, it, it makes things go a lot better for us on the back end if, if you share it with your friends and family. We appreciate it. Coach, I know you're going to tell me this because you tell it to me every time I ask you because I start bugging you before spring practice starts. And after the first day of practice, I'm like, who's the quarterback? After the second day of practice, I'm like, who's the left tackle? There's a lot of position battles going on. Just so I don't get too crazy and we don't have too many about it. Week three, you've had some practices in pads. Is it too early to start seeing guys step up a little bit? Is it too early to start saying, this guy's leading? Or do we have to wait till this weekend scrimmage? This Saturday will be the first scrimmage. So kind of tell me where we are in the, in the battles that are going on in spring practice. Well, traditionally, uh, you really don't make any moves until you have a full contact scrimmage. So I think uh, okay. the biggest thing right now uh, for any coach, whether it's Georgia or wh wherever you are, is to try to indoctrinate new players into the system and clear uh, out your older players who really know what to do uh, with uh, constant rips that may be giving the younger guys a chance, help them a little bit as far as learning what to do and uh you know you don't, you, you got to establish your team no question about it. but uh when you got so many young guys that you're counting on for different positions not necessarily this year but but any year they have a tendency to be a lot more successful operating with better players around them so you you just can't use every the first team but a, a second team guy that is pretty good can probably be even better with the first team uh, type personnel with him. So what you try to do is number one, teach your system to uh, each guy. Uh, the, the second thing is uh, work the systems together where the defense are on the same page. You don't want to come out there the first have some defenses that the offense don't even, doesn't have any idea how to block and uh, you get false sense of security because you think you're so good on defense, but nobody's blocking them because they don't know what to do or, or conversely lining up in some against the defense where uh, it's, uh, they haven't seen it and they can't adjust to it. Now I think to a certain extent, Kirby's always been good about wanting to press the defense and, and give them things they haven't looked at so they can see how they adjust. But it, it's a real process of uh, working together teaching each other what to do uh, as far as another position guy out there, like a safe a corner on a call or a linebacker moving a defensive tackle inside and telling him where to line up on a call or an offensive lineman telling the, the other guy, look, you need to do this on this, whatever it might be. But you build that uh, confidence in each other and you also learn the system. So I said, which is pretty much any kind of sport, knowledge of assignment if you know what to do and and have a good good plan of what your your assignment is and then you have the proper technique to utilize that assignment then you're going to have a chance if you're confused and really not know what to do and uh are, are not using the right assignment and then you couple that with the wrong technique then you all you do is pull to the fire so uh our coaches are really good techniques. They teach fundamentals extremely well. And let's face it, you got to go against good players from other teams who have fundamentals, who knowledge, have good knowledge of their system. So you got to learn how to uh, come. So uh, that's an all-encompassing answer there. But the bottom line is you better know your shit by the first scrimmage because all of a sudden, if you don't, you're going to be passed in the uh, – pecking order and it's hard to catch back up because you got to seize the moment when you get an opportunity as a player here in Georgia 
and you can jump in there. It's not uh, anybody else's fault but your own if somebody else takes your job when you've had that opportunity. And we got a question from Missy Emery. We'll touch on there, but I, that's me mimicking that the coaches wrap that up in a nice bow because as a journalist and seeing what the fans do, we look at the, we look for conflict. So we're looking for position battles, who wins. And we, there's questions we don't know who's the starting left tackle, who's going to be the quarterback, who's going to be the uh, cornerback, cornerback opposite Kamari Lasser, who takes over for Chris Smith. So we're trying to fill in those things, but you make a good point saying, look, uh, that that'll all work itself out as we teach them the plays, as we teach them the scheme, as we teach them the fundamentals and whoever does that the best. And then in a scrimmage, like you say, when you get your chances, uh, whoever does the best war that, so we're putting the cart before the horse and I appreciate it. That's, that's why we love having you on is because you explain what the hell's yeah. going on. So I appreciate well, it. The other thing that we do a good job of here that, uh, that I feel like that, that really gives you an edge as a team is, there's not a lot of wasted movement out there as far as what you're trying to get to the to the hole. So a, a lot of fundamental drills that in, entice what you're trying to do as a position group have tremendous carryover into the uh, actual 11 on 11 type stuff, whether it be pass rush drill, whether it be uh, supporting the run on the bubble screen, whether it be open bill tackling, wh- whatever it might be. All these drills are used to, uh, you know, just like a guy playing basketball, practicing his free throws or, or, or working how to get through a pick or playing against a full court press. I mean, you got to work on all those different things. So when you play in the game situation, you're able to uh, handle it. And uh, I think uh, a real testimony to Georgia success was like last weekend, uh, you know, over 700 coaches came to the, coaches clinic from as far away as Canada, uh, everywhere. Uh, there is something beside hockey up there in Canada. <laughs> and, uh, so it's, uh, it's really a good, uh, good fit to, to bring these coaches in and let them watch the, the drills that we do and maybe have them carry it over to uh, their own practice. I used to tell our coaches when we would go visit another school or we'd go to a clinic or another coach would come in and talk to us about us. I said, you know, they're going to try to pick your brain. They're going to do it. But I'd like for you to come away with one thing or one drill or one idea that you feel like could make you a better coach and make us a better team. And that's what I'm sure these coaches, these high school coaches, they've got to scale it back a little bit because their talent level isn't the same, but they do get a good feel for just how fundamental uh, our practices are and the way we teach the game of football. Uh, for instance, uh, stance. I mean, if you come out with a bad stance as any player, then you're at a very much of a disadvantage once the play starts because the other guy that is in a better stance, he, he's probably going to out-execute you just from that standpoint. So there's no, no reason why you can't get perfect stance every time before the ball snap. And uh, I'm a big stickler on that because you don't want wasted steps. You know, you watch a high school guy getting a three-point stance as a wide receiver. Uh, now they're getting a two-point stance. And a lot of times the first step they take is a drop step with their back foot. Well, that's wasted time getting off the line of scrimmage. Or, you know, uh, you, you got to play the, to win the game and you've got to learn how to escape against this guy. Well, you've got the whole game to practice on him. When you have a block, give him a little fake out when the band's playing and I got to make this play. How's my best release going to be? What am I going to, how's that, how can I effectively get around this guy when I got to have it? And uh, so fundamental stance and, you know, like guys catching the ball, uh, whatever you do, I, you know, I think it's really important that, 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 a receiver learns how to look the ball in and uh, really do a good job of catching the ball with his fingers and not letting it hit his hit his palms and uh, waiting to the last second. I've been coaching ex- that wrong a whole year. <laughs> wait, wait to the last second to extend your arm. You don't give something for the defense to to uh, think the ball's coming or also knock you down, knock them away. So uh, just just little things like that. But there's no reason why. 
you should be dropping balls because of lack of fundamentals. Uh, so you got to find if you're teaching a young person how to catch something, give them an exact thing. Let's go to here real quick. Uh, we do want to get to some of the questions here. We're going to bring in, uh, I got one from Miss Emory. I got one from uh, uh, Phil Rogers. I probably have Coach uh, switch locations in his house. I was supposed to have his thing hardwired by now, but that is uh, my fault completely. Uh, take a quick second here to mention one of our sponsors, uh, our friends at Athens Ford. They have 374 vehicles on the lot as we speak. Uh, that number goes up and down consistently throughout the uh throughout the week they and i remember when we were talking about them a few years ago they had you know 1200 1300 cars on a lot then they were down to 200 during covid uh when everything was back ordered and everything but that still when they only had 200 that was 150 more than anybody else had or 180 more than some lots so my point is uh, they have a ton of vehicles on the lot for you to choose from new vehicles pre-owned vehicles and everything you get from them uh you're absolutely love it because uh I say everything, just about everything you get from them has a lifetime powertrain warranty. So, of course, all their new vehicles, all their certified pre-owned and any of the American or Japanese cars, non-European, up to about 80,000 miles has been pre-owned will have a lifetime powertrain warranty. So you think about it, you can go out there and buy you know, a car with 65,000 miles on it, a Toyota, and it's going to have a lifetime powertrain warranty on it from this Ford dealership. That's not from everybody. That's from Athens Ford. So be sure to hit them up when you get a chance. I uh, also want to mention our friends at uh, your pie today is Tuesday. Now, after the show is over, I'm going to be uh, leaving here. I'll hopefully grab a your pie on my way out, uh, headed to the airport, uh, taking a trip. Uh, Dr. Nabulsi has been invited to uh, uh, give a lecture in Germany. So I'm going to tag along with her. Uh, but I know there's gonna be a lot of good food in Germany. I'm very excited about it. But before I leave, I'm going to have to give me some uh, uh, your pie. It's Tuesday. I'm going, to, I'm going to use my app. I'm going to get double points. I already have a couple free pizzas, a free sandwich, a free gelato, free drinks, because I usually order on Tuesdays, even if I'm not going to eat on Tuesday, but I use the uh, uh, you know, the delivery of the pickup app order on Tuesday, so I get double points. So hit up our friends at your pie when you get the chance. All right. Got Coach back here. Uh, Coach, I just cut to a commercial break there. You were talking about the uh, what to teach wide receivers, and this is quite important considering that Georgia's got two new wide receivers over there, some new guys that are showing up, uh, some fast guys. And I mean, whoever the quarterback is, he's going to have a pretty good uh, contingent to throw to. But, again, it's you and I both – I remember even with uh, A.D. Mitchell early on, he had some drop passes, and you – Tease Matt Landers about it. You, you say you shouldn't be dropping passes. We've seen Georgia drop a few, but that's not been an issue for the last three, four years. And they've had different wide receiver coaches. It's been, you say that Kirby Smart stresses fundamentals. Well, hell yeah. I, you, if the pass gets there online, it's usually not dropped. Yeah, we, uh, you know, look at Don Blaylock, uh, unbelievable, uh, and Pickens, uh, all these guys. But, you know, the, the biggest deal, like I said, is just having a, a visual develop that visual acuity where you can uh, look the ball in and, and, you know, look the ball all the way into the laces or look it into the read the, the back of the ball, whatever it might be. But uh, we used to have put some numbers around the ball. Uh, and when, as a, as a guy caught it, he had to say the number that he saw on the ball. Uh, it was a good way to teach him to look it in. Another way is to put your, uh, chest on a goal post and just lean forward on the post so you can't use your body and throw the ball all around the, the clock there and make the guy use his hands. And uh, the best thing for teaching a, a young person how to use his hands is to lay on it for him to lay him or the young lady lay on their back and you just stand over them and just drop the ball and they've got to react with their hands and their eyes to where, but you take <laughs> I'd love to see that. You take away the, uh, the the speed of the ball because a lot of times kids are afraid of it, and and the 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 way you throw the ball, it's harder for them to catch it. But, but by making it real easy, they can use their hands and learn where to put their hands. It's kind of like a, a infielder learning how to use his glove, sit on the floor and put the glove down there, and make him use it up and down and all. But 
we're, we're in a football situation here, but I, I do think uh, you can, I just hate to go to a practice and, and hear somebody say, catch the ball. No kidding. <laughs> why? We're all screaming from the stands, catch why? the goddamn ball. No, really, what, why are you missing it? Is your head, uh, you, the, that was, that's another thing with receivers, know where the ball's being launched because you want to turn your head and eyes before you actually do your body so you know where the ball's coming from and then you can adjust. So uh, a lot of little things there. But, you know, when a guy's throwing the ball 55 to 60 miles an hour coming at you, you better have some good good uh, techniques to use it. But uh, so going ahead, uh, we got some – what, what yeah. do we want to uh, talk about? Well, we're talking about uh, the question you said. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have already turned off and say, look, I didn't want to listen to a Jim Don fundamental clinic here. <laughs> Ah, like that's not. Yeah, I apologize okay. for that. I apologize. It's okay. Was, you you go was, off on a tangent. We we let you do your thing. That was about as bad a start as I could have as far as trying to keep anybody's attention. But uh, hey, see, you know, Dane's not here. You had your chance to step up and be a general manager, and you went full coach. Yeah. So you, you missed yeah, a I shot. Be a general manager. I've been watching all this saga about Rogers and uh, Lamar Jackson, and boy, I tell you, that's an interesting scenario there. Uh, Right, I wonder what Todd Munkin's thinking right oh, now. Poor Todd, uh, uh, <laughs> what the hell did I take this job? Yeah, he who's going to learn his offense? But uh, go ahead. I well, you mentioned early on we were asking about you know when did the position battles hit, and you mentioned uh, can't really make any big decisions until after that first scrimmage. And Miss Emery has a good question here because we broke the news earlier uh, this past weekend. Uh, at UGA Sports. So, again, if you're not a member of UGA Sports, you need to be a member because that's where the news breaks. So we told people that Kendall Milton had a hamstring injury. Uh, probably will keep him out for the spring. You know, we'll wait until Saturday. We get to talk to Kirby Smart. We'll find out how bad it is. But we broke the news that Kendall Milton's down. So Miss Emery says, which running back do you expect to fill Milton's vacancy? He'll be back in the fall, but he has had trouble playing an entire season without injury, which objectively true. Uh, or not maybe uh, being limited, but also Dejan Edwards isn't exactly a hundred percent. So in your guesstimates, you know, who, who steps in there? Well, first of all, as a coach secretly, I'm kind of glad he's going to miss a little bit because he's <laughs> not going to get hurt. Uh, you know, like a real, I mean, a hamstrings bad, but he's not going to get, uh, you know, hurt his knee or hurt his shoulder, have surgery or something. So, and, you know, we've got what eight or nine practices left here, but, uh, and then Edwards, we know what he can do. I mean, it's going to be a good opportunity, kind of like last spring when Bowers and Washington were out. You know, Delp and uh, Gilbert got a lot more work with with the better units. So, uh, and and that's one of the things that you really perplexed as a coach here because of one thing here: the transfer portal. You better give every guy out there every opportunity to play. And then he can dig his own ditch or, or build his own star uh, because these guys are going to see the writing on the wall and, and all of a sudden your depth is hurt. So th that's why you see a lot of substituting and a lot of uh, people playing more than maybe, well, why, why aren't we hearing a lot about McConkey and uh, Rosemary and, and people like that and Dylan Bell? Well, you're hearing a lot about these newer guys because you want to, let them know what to do, but at the same time, you want to keep them healthy. And uh, you got a guy like Blasky who deserves a chance. He's been around here a long time, and Ernest Green's only been here a year. And you want to give him every chance to win the job, too, at uh, left tackle. So you just don't march in a guy and move him in right away as a starter until he earns it and you give the other guys a, a really good opportunity. Well, you mentioned transfer portal. That's a good question. Phil Rogers says, Coach, do we need to get another running back in the transfer portal? Are you, you going to have I, I really don't think so. Uh, at this point, we've got some really good uh, auxiliary running backs. You know, uh, I really like, uh, as you as you do too, Cash Jackson and that Clark kid. Cash, Cash Jones, Savon Clark. These guys are, these guys are players. Uh, there's a tendency to worry about guys that like Milton maybe – he has had some injuries, but both of them were, uh, you know, to one of them to his knee, and then the other one he pulled his hamstring. But uh, I don't know. Uh, it's very difficult to bring in a transfer running back 
that's not going to be the horse. You know what I mean? He's got to be the man to leave another school where he was the man, and now he wants to be maybe get the NIL or whatever. Maybe. A good example is Gibbs, uh, you know, a, a guy that we didn't really recruit that hard out of high school. I don't know how hard we did or not, but he went to Tech, and then he was up in the air about where he's going to go. And I, I know Georgia would have had a shot at him, I would think. But, you know, we kept our our, ta- our group intact, and he went to Alabama, and now he's going to get drafted pretty high. But that's the point. If you're going to take a transfer running back, you're basically saying that we need a starter. You're not going to get a good transfer back to come in here and be third or fourth guy. And That's a good point. This guy makes a really good question, though. Do we need one? Depth-wise, you would think so, but we got good depth with these other guys that he could play for a lot of schools. Cash Jones, I mean, he could play for a lot of schools. I mean, he's a great special teams guy. And deep down, if things get hunky-dory and we got to have it, I'm putting 19 back there. All right, Brock Bowers, load up and running back. I like it. I like it a lot. I feel had a I'm talking about the backup can run the ball out of the backfield, can catch the ball, can block the protections, but he, he's an ace at doing that. And we were we were ready to do that a couple of times last year when uh, all of a sudden we got some injuries. But uh, we're, we'll be good at running back. And yeah, there's a funny you bring that up and. I think we kind of maybe hinted at it one time. I don't know that anybody knew that for certain, but it's funny how much stuff you find out. Like out of the uh, coaching clinic, we found out that uh, on Georgia's last uh, uh, PAT against Ohio State, two guys on the edges had never played there before, and the coaches are kind of worried about it. You find out stuff like like what? How the? There's so many untold stories that that's why we love to dig about stuff like that. But Phil had a good question. He says, Coach John, will the big back from California get a lot more reps now? Get, uh, uh, sure, Robert. sure. He'll uh, he'll just jump up in there and run. Uh, for everyone that Milton doesn't run, he'll be running in there because you go one, two, three, four. Edwards is first, and then uh, 22's next, and then and he'll jump in there. Uh, and he's, he's really starting to blossom a little bit, came in a little heavy. But uh, I just think uh, – got some good skills and you know if we put him in 22 back there in the same backfield i mean those guys are huge <laughs> that's some beef uh, you know when you think about it the guy scored two touchdowns in the national championship game didn't he uh, yes he did uh that's pretty nice yeah, Anson robinson who squats not, not many guys can ever say they did that even and he doesn't, you know, when he's 50 years old, he doesn't need to say he was coming in there with the ERWs, but that. Uh, explain what an ERW is, Coach. We got, well, new, we, got of, new, we got new people watching. A lot of people that eat the pregame meal, ride to the stadium and warm up, and that's it. They don't get to play. But uh, uh, he, he came in there with that group and just killed. Uh, we had some scholarship guys in there, but he just made TCU look bad and. He's getting better all the time. And guys like him and Dylan Bell, I mean, we, we can't take them for granted. They're players now. They can make plays. Yeah, I, I just think about last week you said that Georgia's defense was going to be better this year than it was last year. And that's fair. But it's tough to imagine that when you went 15-0 and 0 and, you know, gave up so few you points. you think Georgia's defense was good last year? It's just tough for me to see Jalen Carter leaving and – I mean, it's going to be better. Keely Ringo, you know, I'm with you. Not not as good as the year before, though. I mean, no, no, but it's still. There's so many questions. I'm like, you know, it's tough for me to say this year would be better, but I I agree with you. I do. We're not going to give up 41 points in a game. Yeah. Because I look at the fact that, you know, we're not, we haven't, guys, we take for granted or might maybe take it for granted Jalen Walker, Darius Smith, Marvin Jones Jr., who's out right now. Michael Williams, a true freshman. Malachi Starks, a true freshman last year. Bear Alexander, a true freshman last year. All these guys, you know, we don't talk about Warren Brinson or Nazir Stackhouse as much as we should. Terry Ingram Dawkins. Uh, then you get Zion Logan, Tramel Walther coming back. You know, uh, if you're a Trey Scott, you got to be thinking my depth this year is so much better than last year. And then those three monster outside linebackers you brought in, you know, Gabe Harris, uh, Samuel Mpemba, you know, those guys are 
gigantic. It's a filthy looking defense. And right. It's easy to gloss right over a, a Dylan Everett. Uh, hell, Nylon Green. Are we talking about Nylon Green at all? You know, Julian Humphreys. You know, it's like that's a five star cornerback that we sh- 10 years ago, that's all we could talk about is, hey, there's that five star cornerback. How's he going to do? Is he the shutdown corner? We don't even talk about Julian Humphrey at all. But to your point, when, when you said some guys we just gloss over because we're thinking about the new ones, again, we're still caught up on those individual position battles and kind of just taking for granted well, some guys normal, that have been here. It's you know? normal society to worry about what you don't have instead of what <laughs> you have. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just normal. But, uh, I like, I like what our draw is, what what our pool is, what we got to, and the competitive nature of each guy knowing that you can't take any slack because you got somebody breathing down your neck. So, uh, um, you know, we got some really good talent uh, all across the board. There, it's really impressive. I got another question for you, kind of about the transfer portal here. It goes back to how. Uh, Guys that catch, you brought up uh, uh, Blaylock and talked about what great uh, Blaylock was a great possession receiver. Has he found a new team? If not, is there any chance he could come back to Georgia? You know, I think once you say you're leaving, it's hard to come back. You know, Mims did, but uh, <coughs> excuse me, I think Blaylock uh, is still going to school here, but uh, I would think based on the amount of uh, people that we've got at that position and the fact we brought in two. Uh, transfers and maybe three scholarship players that, you know, the reason he's leaving is because of getting an opportunity to play more. So uh, it could happen. You never know. I just don't think that Georgia's got room right now. I mean, seems to me when they say, hey, you put your name in the portal, they're like, okay, congratulations, you know, good luck to you. We'll write a letter letter of recommendation wherever you go. But uh, we're bringing in Ra-Ra Thomas and Dominic uh, love it, and then uh, I just we- believe, based on what he does, special teams, what he does around the program, that if he wanted to come back, Kirby let him come back. Okay, I just I always just worry about the the, the number. Well, uh, don't worry about it. Have you ever heard of NIL? <laughs> That's true. I mean, Good we point. got we got we got guys that get stuff. Everybody's got people getting stuff that don't get scholarship, but. Uh, that's a good point. You come back as a preferred walk-on and get a huge NIL deal. So I don't think you get a huge one, but you well, get but something. So I appreciate that. Pay for your school. Yeah. Uh, question from uh, Junkyard Dog says: Have you heard anything about the newest fresh, newest class of freshman receiver recruits? You know, Williams, Haynes, and Evans. I haven't heard that much. Yeah, I think all three of them are just getting their uh, ducks in a row, learning what to do, and. Uh, they're in a situation where you bring in two transfers like we did that they're going to get the first look because all of a sudden, uh, you know, they were starting on teams where they came from. So uh, they'll be a lot happier if they're getting to play as compared to sharing reps with some freshman that hadn't even played in practice here. So you got to be fair, but you got to be realistic too. So uh, we've got, investment in those guys uh, as far as you know what we told them i don't know what was told them but kirby won't make a lot of promises about playing time but uh these freshmen will come along and uh, they got speed and of course we haven't even mentioned arian smith uh and uh you know arian is the guy we took for granted (laughs) arian will really prosper under coach bobo and uh i think he'll he'll uh It'll be uh, it'll be a real significant factor in our team. I can definitely see him. Of course, you know what you're getting, Lad McConkey, Marcus Rosemary Jackson's taken off. Uh, still throw to Brock Bowers. Uh, throwing to Arian is huge. Then bring in two of the most prolific guys in the SEC and Ra Ra uh, Thomas and Dominic. I uh, love it. That's. Uh, that's a pretty legit receiver class right there. And that's nothing to take away from the freshman guys, but, you know. Yeah. I, I did, and 23 is pretty good, too. Uh, young freshman got hurt last year a little bit. But he, he He's going to be a player, too. And Dylan Bell. like he, That's one of the guys you mentioned as, you know, taken for granted. That's He's a huge dude. Dylan, Dylan Bell is a real deal. So, I like what they got there. Yeah. Uh, 
mention real quick here. Let's want to talk about our friends over at My Perfect Franchise. We've had people at UGAsports.com decide that they want to get out of the rat race, if you will. They want to try something different. They want to be their own boss. Uh, they want to uh, have a, a different income source. They don't want to be punching the clock for somebody else. And I know it sounds a little like, well, how does it work, Roddy? If you go to myperfectfranchise.net, check it out. You'll see that it basically just starts with a phone call. You reach out, you call uh, Andy Ludecki, call him on a cell phone. He'll, he'll answer. Uh, his services are free. Doesn't cost you anything. He's going to talk to you about uh, what do you want to do? What are your goals? And then he has a, a confidential questionnaire you fill out. Very simple. Uh, once you've filled out the questionnaire, they schedule a consultation. Then they find the perfect franchise for you. Okay. You know, for, well, it's, you know, for kind of your lifestyle. Do you want to continue in your current job? Do you want to quit and go into this full time? Do you want something on the side? Uh, it's your call. Do you want something you want to do on the weekends? Um, and then they match you up with a perfect franchise. So uh, it's a great system. Just go to myperfectfranchise.net. Reach out to Andrew Ludecki. Um, it's incredibly simple to do. It's not that hard. Um, and doesn't cost you anything. So when I tell you, uh, you, know, you have nothing to lose by reaching out to him, even if uh, you just want to talk football. He's a rabid, rabid football fan. Uh, he'll be more than happy to talk to you about it. Uh, also want to mention our friends over at Dead Soxy. Uh a fantastic company. They love football fans. They love Georgia fans. They, it's a couple of Ole Miss grads. They have to like Georgia because <laughs> Georgia faces Ole Miss and uh, has won a lot. So I won't say if they dislike Mississippi State, but I just assume that they do. But these are two uh, – the guys that founded are huge college football fans, and they know that you need good socks. So they make fantastic socks. They're really comfortable. They're incredibly soft. They stay up. And they make them in cool colors and cool designs. Now you wonder why would a sports podcast, you know, have advertisements about socks? It's because they're just damn good socks. Try them out. You'll absolutely love them. Plenty of our members at UJSports.com have tried them, and they say they're the best things they've ever bought when it comes to socks, and they won't buy any other kind. So uh, from athletic to uh, lounging to uh, dress socks, boardroom, uh, game day, check out our friends at Dead Soxy. You will be happy that you did. Uh, Coach, we have a little video here I want to run from uh, uh, from the uh, earlier. We talked to Tate Radledge, spoke to uh, Smile Munden, and I want to talk about Tate Radledge because, again, we, we're always asking about uh, quarterback battles, um, I mean uh, position battles, and Tate had something right along the lines of what you're saying. This was about how uh, what they're trying to do on the offensive line. I think one of Sir, Coach Searles' goals is to find a starting five and then find a backup group that's there's not much drop off. And I think right now we do a lot where everybody gets a lot of reps, so there's no telling. There's people are getting a lot of reps every practice. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean he sounds like a coach about a lot of reps because uh, we've talked about before, but just for the fans out there from a structure standpoint. Uh, you know, you've got 85 players on scholarship and you got some other guys that are out there, over 100 players, and you only got a two-hour, two-hour, 15-minute window. And what you don't want to have is a lot of people standing around. So uh, we have what we call a two-spot where instead of one group going against the other and the rest of them sitting around, I mean, standing around, nobody ever sits out there. Uh, <laughs> at the other end of the field or on the other field, they're doing the same exact drill or the same exact team function. And uh, they got people working with them. So everybody's getting the same kind of reps. You know what I mean? So yeah. at one end, you could have one versus two, one offense versus two defense. And at the other end, you could have two, uh, two offense versus one defense or, at one end, you could have one and a half groups of uh, first team and a little bit of second, and with them interspersed in and out at one end. And then the other end, you could have the threes and some of the twos. So the idea is that uh, you can't learn just by watching uh, somebody. You got to go out there and do it. And uh, I, I like the rep part of it. I, I know when I talk to. Bill Walsh, a long time ago, 1974 or something like that, he was talking about individual drills during practice. 
He said instead of a coach reinforcing in his mind and telling everybody what to do after every rep. So, for instance, say you're running a quarterback, handing the ball off to a back, what we call play polish, working on a on a, the mechanics of it. Instead of having one quarterback and one back, have all four of them doing the same thing and film it, and then you can coach off the film and they get that many more reps instead of waiting your turn first guy hands off, then the second guy hands off. So you get four times as many reps and who cares if the coach misses something that you took the wrong step or something like that, you'll pick that up later. It just, it's just good to have a lot more individuals working at the same time. So that's what they do. It makes perfect sense. Uh, one of the things I really learned from you, because I always thought that, the number two guy at left guard, the number two guy, you know, at right guard, the number two center, the number two left tackle, number two. If the first guy went down, you immediately put in the number two. And you've taught us, well, that's not always the case. Sometimes you have, you know, you have your starting five, then you have a number six guy, then you have a number seven guy, you know, d- depending, you know, centers and tackles will be right. different. Well, it's hard for a guy to know every position. Yeah, and particularly the center because of all the intricacies of the shotgun snap and making the calls and all that. But if you can have a guy that can be a kind of a Swiss Army knife and can go play all three, but he's the next best player, it's ridiculous for him to be on the sideline and a guy that's not as good as him playing that other position because he hasn't been trained. The, the first guy hasn't been trained to play it. So, uh, and the way they call plays now uh, with so many words and, and things like that that are indicative of what the play is, it's easy to go in there and play that position and maybe it used to be where you didn't do it like that. But uh, I, I do feel like that uh, sometimes by moving you around, sometimes you kind of find your niche. I mean, you might not be quite as good as a tackle as you, uh, as you thought you'd be, but being in there guard, where you're not having to do certain things like a tackle and maybe using your skills a little bit better that way. Uh, it's, it's a good way to get them ready. Same thing we do in the secondary training guy to be cover guy at corner and also support guy moving back to safety or being a nickel guy. So it, it's a real uh, fine line. And uh, what the, what the coaches do uh, for our fans here is, Constantly during the, the uh, summer, fall, winter, you rate your players one through 40, and you see how these guys rate. And if you've got 27 of them on defense and 13 on offense, then you need to start moving around a little bit there. That's why you get some position changes and all. But how does this guy rate on our team? Who is the number one player on our team? Who is the number two like that? Well, you got to do that. And then you cross it over to the same thing on the specific position. Who's the number one guy. And if all of a sudden two of the top seven guys on your team are tight ends or, you know, you just got to move people around. I mean, I got you. Well, you know, I, had, I, had some, uh, I had some things that I did bad as a coach, but I felt like one of the good things I did was move guys in position to play that weren't playing, you know, help them out uh, and where our squad needed them and convince them that, you know, our team can be better with you playing here instead of there. Uh, so the constant evaluation of personnel is just critical. And within that, you're talking to your strength coach. How is he developing him for that position? You're talking to the nutritionist about gaining or losing weight. You're talking about the academic people, about how much stress is he having academically trying to compete here. I mean, all these things in, enter into getting a guy in a position where he can contribute to your team. All right, well, I'm going to put you on a spot about who can contribute in that sixth, seventh, eighth spot on the offensive line. We, I know they're still trying to find the starting five. But. Well, you got to look at Blasky as it can play several positions. Okay. And uh, you got Green, who's a very talented guy. So you, the first thing you got to do is st- get a left tackle because the other four are pretty constant. I mean, uh, yeah. Mims has played and started at right tackle. Bradledge is a starter. Van Franz is a starter. And Truss is a starter. Now, what you got to look at is Truss better uh, than any tackle we got. 
and are these guards better than any of these tackles that we got? So if they are, then Trust moves out to tackle, and one of those guards moves in ahead of Blasky and Green because what we just said. Did you catch that, or was that too? No, bad? I did. I, well, that's why I'm putting you on the spot. I'm taking the lesson you just taught me, and I'm asking you to fill it out, fill in the numbers for me. So you got to look at can can Wilson, can Micah Morris, Wilson, Mike uh, Wilson can these guys uh, jump in there and uh, and that you got Monroe Freeling coming in here who is a highly recruited guy that uh, might not be a left tackle because he's not ready, but he could be a heck of a right tackle or, you know what I mean? So really? does, that, does that mean moving Mims over? Uh, so you're looking at all those different scenarios. Gotcha. Speaking of this, that same concept, but let's switch to the, the defense. Now over the weekend, when we mentioned the Kendall Milton thing, we also heard that they were looking at Javon Bullard at safety. Now, this is a guy who won MVP awards in the last two uh, in the championship game and the playoff game, basically playing that star role. And I mean, his breakup on the in the end zone there changed the outcome of that uh, playoff game. Guys, great in tackle, two interceptions in the championship game. Again, MVP awards. And they're, I'm not saying they're thinking about it, but we heard that he played some at safety. So give us your well, thoughts on why I and where are we at? I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth except just my own opinion, but yeah, that's all yeah. the same thing you're looking at with trying to find a, a tackle to start. You lost Chris Smith. So you got two guys in uh, Tyke Smith and Javon Bullard that both have played and have started. Tyke started and played well at West Virginia, had a knee injury. We came back and played some at the end of the year. So are we better off with Bullard playing safety instead of one of these younger guys and Tyke being the star or, you know, when we say star, everybody knows that's a nickel guy. Okay. He's not just being the best player on the team. And <laughs> That's a good point because some people may not know that. He's the guy that plays as the fifth defensive back to play the slot. So there's the question. Is Bullard uh, better back there than Dan Jackson who can't practice right now because of an injury? or one of these younger guys and playing Taiki in there or a guy like Aguero coming in here, can he play star and let Bullard play back there? Or can Aguero play safety and move him in there? So that's the way you look at with Bullard. I mean, he's one of your best players. He, he can, he's physical, he's smart. He can play all those positions. So uh, at this point, I would say they're looking at getting their best 11 on the field for practice for the yeah. spring and then go from there, cross-train him. So if something would happen to Malachi or, or to Jackson, he could go back there right away. He's had all that spring practice training. He's already played 15 games at Star. He knows how to do it. So uh, another good case of Kirby playing the percentages and looking ahead. And uh, same thing with uh, with our secondary coaches, uh, Muschamp and uh, – making sure that we can have some depth there if we, you know, that's the way I'd look at that move with Bullard. Uh, it makes perfect sense. And uh, that seems more than they, I don't know. My first thought when I heard it, I'm like, is this one of those, and it's very unfair of me to think this, but I'm just so used to, like you mentioned, putting uh, Rock Bowers maybe in at running back or when they would hand, put the big guys back there, you know, Jalen Carter and uh, uh, guys like that, let them go at tight end. I thought, oh, no, I just had it in my mind that Javon Bullard is the nickel guy because he's, you know, why would you dare move him when you're uh, – when he was so – Yeah, but if you get, back, you get back to uh, – you made a couple statements. Now I'm going to start talking. Uh, <laughs> if you – seriously, though. If you look at Bullard, he played really good, but yeah, he, he's, he's not the cover guy that he is, the, the uh, support guy and the right. zone guy, you know what I mean? He's not a man-on-man type guy. You look at that guy from Georgia Tech beating him on the corner route. You look at the guy from uh, uh, Mississippi State beating him on the goal line. I mean, people get beat. That that happens. But I would say of the of his strengths, that's not one of his best, but he got better at it. But he's a trained physical guy that can just support Seems the like perfect safety. He's, he's good. At, and But – Again, it's like we used to have what we call the New York Life team. It was our insurance team where 
and it kind of started at Marshall where we didn't have the numbers, but you know, you, you can't just sell the ranch when you get an injury and you say, well, you know, Hey, we lost our safety. We got our ass, but Hey, we still got a chance to win. So put, teach a couple of receivers how to go in there and nickel situations or teach a defensive lineman to go in on the goal line. I remember Johnny McKee, big old kid that I talked out of leaving town because I gave him a bus ticket so he could go home for spring break. Uh, big old defensive lineman. I put him in on the goal line on offense to, like we did with uh, Carter here because he could splatter you. Uh, <laughs> so I think you, you just use your insurance team in case you have a disaster. I mean, you got to be able to to get some good players out there instead of somebody that is just not good enough. And uh, so we're we're constantly you hear Schumann uh, uh, talking about with cross training these guys where they can play corner and safety linebacker where they can be maybe an outside rush guy on a pass rush, a D lineman where they can play inside and out. So that's what you got to do in today's game. No, that makes perfect sense. Uh, I love the idea of him being there, but that brings up the question if he's there and you got Tyke Smith who came in, I think Georgia recruited him specifically to be that nickel guy. What, who plays the other cornerback spot? I, I, I know you won't answer the quarterback question because I don't think anything's been decided there, but I, I thought it was, yes, Dalen Everett. But then I hear Julian Humphreys is doing well. But then you got Nylon Green. Yeah, I think – Or do we have any idea or is it still way too early? What you got to do there is, first of all, uh, they're doing an inordinate amount of uh, drill work where you see half line where – the ball's on the boundary, and you've got two by two into the boundary, and the and the corner and the and the star are playing reading combination routes, and the wheel linebackers dropping on the hash. And at the same time, you got three by one to the field. And after that plays over, then the boundary corner is watching, and the and the and the uh, field corner is playing it with along with the star and the and the safety there. So they're reading these routes, but you're it's not a team situation, but you're right. getting a, you're getting a feel for how they can adjust to different looks. Is the guy releasing inside? Is he releasing outside? How's it split? All those things playing the field, uh, you know. And the quarterback's reading the coverage at the same time. You know, estimating the defensive intent, intent how they're playing this. What are they doing? So, but but you're getting a lot of quick reps. So if you could just envision the ball's on the right hash. The defense is to the left, the weak corner, and the uh, defensive back are in there against two receivers and a back, and there's no line blocking, and you're just throwing routes. And then to the field, you're doing the X. Then the next day they come out, they put the ball into the other hash, and that corner's playing boundary and other guy. So those safeties and those corners are getting a lot of looks, and then when they come out, then the other ones come in. But while they're doing that, at one end of the field, the other group's doing it at the other end. So they're getting about 20, 25 reps apiece in about a seven-minute period of <laughs> constant blah, 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 blah. Okay, I'm tired just talking about it. Lasting you. But the point is, uh, all those things add up to whether you're going to be in there in team situations. And uh, Julian Humphrey didn't play a lot last year. He got a lot of those reps, and he's starting to come out. And he's got – world-class speed this guy's probably the fastest corner we got uh wow. maybe he might not be i don't i don't see these gps scores i know coming in he was really fast and then you got everett who got all those reps last year uh with the second team and played some in games that really has the knowledge and then nylon green was ready to go then he got hurt but uh I'd say out of those three, and then you add Lester, you can't ask for more than four corners. I mean, yeah. most people like to have two. So uh, I don't know that we have two yet. I, I know we got one that's played, but uh, we got good good reps out there. And then we got that Harris kid coming in. Uh, isn't that his name? Uh, number what, What's number five? Uh, I don't know. We got corner coming in, and we got Aguero playing back there in the safety. And uh, – uh, I think our I think our secondary is has got maybe not the experience, but it's got the overall value and the talent level. I mean, I like it. See, and there I, you go, talking about how good the defense is going to be, even though I'm a non-believer. Let me and tell you this. Let me tell you this. 
they are getting world class coverage coaching back there. Kirby Smart, I what has he won? Six national championships. I mean, he's okay. Bus champ. I know he he won two here. He won one, maybe maybe one at Texas, one at LSU. And then uh one of the things you bring in with the the the, the secondary coach that came from uh, uh Rutgers is all the work that he had with Greg Ciano, who was a tremendous defensive coach, and and this guy's turned into an ace recruiter and He's a good technique guy too, and plus you got some uh, grad assist assistants and student assistants working with them on technique. Uh, if you're going to play secondary in this league, you better be able to play man coverage, and you better be able to play press technique. And uh, so, even got Smoke Bowie in there too. Yeah, well, Bowie, I'm, I'm he's playing star and safety. Uh, let me just tell you this: you just getting. Uh, I mean, if you're going to get some cake mix back in my day, you get Betty Crocker. Hey, you get the same thing here with Kirby Smart, man. You're getting coaching. You get some yeah. good coaching. That's true. Uh, you ever heard of Betty Crocker? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I can, I can make a cake. I can add the two eggs and the uh, third cup of oil and a uh, cup of water and make my Betty Crocker cake mix. I know All what I'm right. doing. I'm, I'm not a new store, yes. but well, let's just talk about the fact if you don't know what you're doing and you want to have fantastic food, hit up our friends at prime shrimp. Okay. It's a super simple way to make fantastic shrimp. Cause basically what they're going to do is they process it. They devein it. They de-head it. They uh, uh, take all the, uh, the shell off of it. They put these perfect, you know, raw shrimp into a bag with seasoning and they freeze it. Okay. Flash frozen. You and the bags are just like the bags you used to get minute rice in. It's they don't have all the little holes in them, but you can boil these bags. So you go to the site that we have up on there, go to primeshrimp.com, put in promo code UGA Sports, get 20% off your order. You can see like this uh signature Cajun seasoned shrimp. Again, you're not gonna get this Cajun seasoning just anywhere. You get it from those guys, and it's 10 bucks. Okay, it's got two bags in it, you know, uh, two bags of uh shrimp. You take one out, you throw it into boiling water, you flip it one time, maybe twice, four, six, eight minutes, you're done. Take it out, let it cool, cut open the bag, drop it onto your grits, drop it onto your uh, pasta, drop it into your salad. It's super simple. Use promo code UGA Sports to get 20% off. So, what, uh, eight bucks instead of 10? So, hit up our friends at Prime Shrimp. You're absolutely going to love it, and it's it's one of the easiest things out there. I also want to mention our friends that when you get a chance, you need to swing by uh, Academia Brewing Company, okay? They are uh, always doing something neat out there. They had a poker night. They had bike night. Uh, the poker night is going to be uh, really cool. So uh, it has its own beer list, has its own cocktails, has its own food. Um, bike night's the same thing. They had a fashion show out there just recently. Of course, the St. Patrick's Day celebration was insane. I already heard stories about that. And of course, they also have a huge event space out there. So if you need to do something for a wedding, graduation, uh, a corporate event, it's just very great. It's a very great place to go eat, drink, and have your events. So try Academia Brewing Company when you get a chance. I can tell you for certain, Matt Casey's been to both national championships. The guy that started the whole thing is an absolute diehard dog fan. So if you just want to go out there, sit in the lounge, sit in the uh, uh, beer garden outside and talk uh, football with Matt Casey. He will indulge you. I guarantee it. All right, Coach, we don't have a whole lot of time left here, um, but let's uh, hit a couple more questions before we take off. Uh, this is from Super John Goldsmith. It says, Coach, how do you judge a quarterback battle when some QBs run as part of their game, yet in spring they can't be hit or touched? Does a spring ball always favor the uh, less mobile JT Daniels types. Yeah, but I think to a certain extent that, that that that's a good question about they can't be, but but they also let them uh, avoid the rush and do everything. They just can't put them on the ground. You know what I'm saying? So uh, let's just say we're having a scrimmage and the guy has a black shirt on, and that means he can't be hit. And the defense rushes the passer, and then the quarterback runs and makes the first down. Well, 
Kirby decides whether the defense could have tackled him or not. You know what I mean? Oh. He'll say sack. You know, the guy ran, but they, the, the guy pulled off and he could have knocked it. Or he'll say, hey, we couldn't get him. So, I mean, the referee can't make that decision, but uh, they they ask him to do that. Or Like in particular, they'll run a zone read and then a the quarterback will keep it for a first down. Well, if they if the defensive end collapse, then they're going to give them the first down. So you can't get that as much. But they do running drills where quarterbacks have to, you know, uh, uh, run the ball in an open field and the guy come up and bump them and all. But you got a pretty good feel about their agility and ability to r- avoid the rush and all that. But the other thing that you like as a defensive coach is you don't want your secondary to get a – false sense of security because your defensive line is just mashing the quarterback. You're getting all these sacks and the ball's not ever in the air by the quarterback being able to not be sacked like that. You get a lot more balls in the air and the Mm -hmm. guys have to play the ball as compared to a false sense of security about we got such a great pass rush. They're not going to get it off. So uh, you get exposed a little bit like that. But again, that's the head coach challenging the team and making them play their position. And then, going back to the tape and saying, look, you can see we're going to have the value. Of, don't get too shell shot because they're throwing the ball on us. We're going to get a rush on them. You know, that's going to help you too. That's a good point. Uh, last question, coach. Uh, uh, this is from Bob Clyburn. Uh, says, how do you judge how good, a rec- how good a recruiter a coach is? Is it based on what the recruits themselves say? Is it based off the recruiting stars and that, that the coaches players have? It just seems very subjective. I think this is a good question and one to end on. We, we, we know Kirby's lined up a murderous row of recruiters and shows when you see them line up. But how do you, how do you, how, how does, does the coaches, how did you do it? Very good question. And a couple points there. The first thing is, you can tell by the ones that he misses on is his talent evaluation. The guy that misses a lot's not very good because uh, <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta have a guy that can look into the future and project the, uh, where's he gonna be two three years from now as compared to as he met his as he met his standard. Is he gonna get any better? You know, uh, you look at what your your uh, standards are on your team and over the years there's not you know you're always hearing about well this guy's got a lot of fight and even though he's short he's gonna be a play hey i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bite on that one i mean you don't you don't you got your standards and you don't you 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 know height weight skill level all that but if you're a good recruiter you're going to be able to recruit that guy once he gets there too you're going to keep working on him work developing him and caring about him off the field. And and the best thing that can happen is your own players talk up that coach to the recruits that come in. But as far as what he said about the stars and all that, they don't get into that as much as they get into what the team needs, uh, comparing their uh, evaluations to uh, to what uh, they want to get and the standards. Uh, in the end, the head coach makes the decision, but the, the position coach, knows what he needs at that position. So I, I, I don't get that deal about a guy. He, he's not a good recruiter, but he's a good coach, or he's a good coach, but he's – I mean, he's a good – you know, whatever it means. To be a good coach, you got to be a good recruiter because you got you got to keep developing those players and get their, them developing the trust in you uh, as you help them grow as men. And uh, – I think the bottom line, the real ace recruiter, when it comes to push comes to the shove, that guy can't tell you no. I mean, right. you're a salesman and uh, you're just not going to, you know, you're going to do every, you're going to un- unhook every latch, do everything possible to make sure that that person knows that uh, and the family that they can trust you and that, that you're going to help them become the best player they can be. Perfect. Hi, folks. Uh, that was a great question. Great answer. I appreciate it. And my thanks to Jim Donna for joining us today. Uh, we're going to have to take off here. Uh, next Tuesday, I'll be back next Tuesday. I'm going to Hamburg with the missus. Uh, so I will miss. I'm sure somebody will probably commit while I'm gone. It usually happens. Well, <laughs> well, that's it. Do you want me to tell that joke? Uh, you want, 
and the end, or he just lets go. <laughs> I think you should tell it. So this guy's in a bar, and he goes in, and he orders a drink, and right when he gets the drink, he looks in his pocket, and then he orders about three or four more, and every time he gets the same deal, he looks in his pocket right after he gets the drink, and then he tells the bartender, he said, hey, close me out. I'm getting ready to go. And the bartender said, well, uh, I'll be glad to, but I'd just like to ask you a question. You have, you've had five drinks of the same drink, and every time right after I get it to you, give it to you, you look in your pocket, and then you drink it. He said, what's the deal? He said, it's pretty easy. He says, I got a picture of my wife in there, and every time I look at her, the, the more she starts to look good, and I know that I got to go on. <laughs> Oh, you're going to send so much trouble. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I wish my dad was around. I really do. I would have loved to have called and told him that joke. He'd have died. All right. Have a good trip, Roddy. You deserve it. Right, you. Uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. I'll be back in time and we'll be talking, we'll be recapping the first scrimmage. We'll talk to you later. Take care.